happened in the 90s. Matt was the fat kid, Steve was the flat kid. Life wasn't always great, but you know what was? The 90s happened in the 90s. Yeah! followers on TikTok brought up a good point, man. Um, the, the rock episode that we covered a couple weeks ago, you know, when they when we first see Terrence and Sheila in the school, does that school look familiar to you, Matt? Cause it's a show that we just covered probably a couple weeks prior to that episode. That can't be Bayside, Steve. That's not Bayside. No, definitely not. Okay. It's definitely not Bayside, but it's an, it's a show that we covered around that time. We did say by the bell. I mean, spill the beans. Where, where is it? I'm on fucking it, pins and needles. It's the exact same hallway as Sister Sisters High School. Oh, damn. They're just fucking doubling up? And and I didn't even clock that. Like, I watched the clips. I I, I mean, we did the shows. And, dude, where, where Roger is, you know, talking to the teacher and, like, they, they meet the two guys... Um, okay. That's the same. Yeah, that's the same one where Damon tried to take dude's jacket. Odd, also, because in both of those episodes involved dudes from outside of that school coming into the school to perpetrate some weirdness in one way or the other, Steve. But shout out to Eagle Eye TikTok person because to see that, I mean, I wish I had those kind of eyes, Steve. Jesus. And, and they're following, yeah, they're following the right people. Yeah, they catch the they catch the loose ends that we don't tie up. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, we need to throw some more tips out. Anytime you see some shit like this, TikTok user anonymous, I love that. Damn, I, got, I feel bad because I used to be somebody. I feel like that would see that shit, Steve. And I guess like in my old age, it's it's gone to the wayside. There you go. There you go. But plus the age, you know, I, I think it's even, even shared. Damn. Detroit and Baltimore. Baltimore and Detroit. And, and, and I want to bring out this, this section of the show. And this might be the only time we, we do this segment. It, it's one of those things on TikTok that's, that's becoming a popular craze where the, the content creator opens up a new package. So so we, on this segment for the first time what happened in the 90s, Steve G is going to open a package. And, and I think we'll just name this segment Steve G opens a package. Yeah. You know, Steve yeah, G you know. opens a package. Steve G opens a package. He's got a package. He's going to open it. Steve G. What do we got yeah. here? You Steve? know how they have to be all extra about it. Oh, what is it? I got a big fucking boner right now. I got a big nugget box. Let's see what's in the McNugget box. <gasps> what's in the box? No, Steve. It's wrapped in McDonald's wrapping. The old school. No. Hey, hey, Arby's, learn from this. Put something on it that just says <laughs> for fucking <laughs> good burger. 
you fuck. Yeah, you lecherous rabbits. I don't know. RB is just trying to fucking steal the shine. So, Steve, what you have here for the listeners, he has a new McDonald's chicken McNugget collectible. What are we looking at here, Steve? Is that a superhero? Is it a princess? I can't really uh, see here. It, well, now it's a bald head hoe. <laughs> oh, no. Uh-oh. I've got a there big fucking go. boner right okay. now. So it's like a Mr. She's Potato a Head nugget type situation we got going here. Steve, the beauty of the nuggets stalled the camera out here, but we're back. I mean, I love yeah. this though. McDonald's putting in some work here. This isn't just like a cutout or some, I mean, it might be a cheap piece of shit. I can't tell that much, but it looks pretty cool, Steve. I like that. It's got a, it's got that fresh out the bag and out the box smell. Very customizable. But I gotta say though, like, is step the fucking food game up. Because the only times I've gone to McDonald's recently, and it hasn't been a lot, so, you know, this might just be me, but the shit just wasn't good. We talked about this. It's not, we're, we're yearning for a taste that we had as a kid, and we're never going to get that taste again, Steve. The McNuggets, they're not going to be as tasty. The fries, not as fat. The supersize, completely gone. Well, maybe if they called them McNuglets, that that would make them tastier. I want some Nuglets. McNuglets. Give me please. a McNuglet. No, sir. I didn't like it. But I like that. It reminds me of a toy that I got from McDonald's way back in the day that was the Looney Tunes characters with snap-onable, like, superhero costumes, I think it was. Yep. It totally was, man. Yeah, so shout out to McDonald's for at least helping us like childish adults want to buy some special. I'm assuming that's like an adult Happy Meal, Steve. Is that what that is? It, it, it's it's the Kerwin, Kerwin something ha adult Happy Meal. Yeah, you know you get the Big Mac or you, you get the ten piece. And and I bought another one, but I'm keeping that in the box just in case by by 2030 it might be a, worth a million dollars. So. I don't want to go too heavy into McDonald's, but my wife did peep me onto the fact, and you know, when I want to really just say I'm a piece of garbage and accept that, they actually, I think, have a 40 piece McNugget, Steve. I think it's 40, where you get like a an attache case full of nuggets or McNuglets, as you like to call them. And, That's what you uh, call them. <laughs> well, whatever, you know, who <laughs> place blame wherever, but. Uh, a 40 piece nugget, you know, Fat Matt used to be able to put a 20 piece and a supersized fry down easily. So I don't know if my stomach's that big, but a 40 piece nugget just sounds so, it sounds so tasty. It does. Like, just when, uh, when they give a fuck and you bite into it and it's not like that dry nugget, it's that, it's the good kind. You know what I'm talking about. I've got a big fucking boner right now. Like, mm. like Scrooge McDuck, I could just hop into a pool of the McNuglets. And I feel like in the 90s, Steve, when we were kids, 90% of that box, that, maybe maybe 80%, just to be conservative. Now, I don't even know what I'm getting. Shame on you, McDonald's. Yeah, you might be eating chicken dick, or if, it, if it's even chicken. And, you know, they, I feel like they were less ashy. The, the, the nuggets now they're a little ashy like they they need some greasing some some vaseline if you will yeah they used to have like that george hamilton brown to it that, like that crispiness 
you know? Mm. It's right. <laughs> but with all that being said, are you listening, Arby's? Because I know you watching. You try to take the money out of Good Burger's name. You know, you want to steal their clout for nothing. You just like, ah, it's a Good Burger because that's what it says on the menu. Like, it's just disrespectful, to be honest. It's really disrespectful. Throw a fucking something. Like, I don't know, Steve. Just a Nickelodeon splat on the shit with Good Burger in it. It's crazy. Uh, an Ed Dreadlock cap. Uh, that you could take home and then, hey, so you can be Ed. Hey, welcome to the Good Burger. Yeah. Like, none of that. Nope. Yeah. A splatted, you can buy like a t shirt that has the strawberry shake, like splatted on it. You know, this is a high end item, Steve. Something like that. Make a quick 40 off some rube that wants to buy that, but anything. You, you're just buying an Arby's burger, and that's, you know, I feel bad for you at that point, Steve. But the, the burger was good, and the crinkly fry, and the shake. The, the the meal itself was good, but you know, we grew up when you when you associate yourself with a a movie or a TV show. You know, we came up in the era was like, all right, I know I'm gonna get that uh, Muppet Baby when I when I get there. I'm gonna get that uh, Looney Tunes. I'm gonna get that uh, Flintstones because that's what they show in the commercial. Like, no, nah, man. I mean, I used to make my parents go to McDonald's and they they might not have planned to buy the McDonald's. So right then and there, their marketing, remember the dream team cups, any, the the Batman cups. cups? It's like, we, no, we we're going there again because I got to get all of them. I got to get the full set. You know, I don't see that happening. I'm not a McDonald's uh, lover at this point. I'm actually quite the opposite, but you know, I think they could step their game up a little bit and just like go back, look in the, the records, look in the, the McDonald's historical records, see what those guys were doing. Just replicate it. Find a movie to latch on to, you know, find a Looney Tunes thing to do, whatever, what have you. But don't just... stop there. <laughs> you can do better. You can do more. Souvenir take home cup. But like, hey. I'll give them grace because they're new to this and, you know, they're not used to doing this movie crossover thing and they have Ving Rhames. So there's that, you know, they did get something right. Arby's, we have the guns and butter. This is Steve G and Maggie with Happened in the 90s, a show where we talk about what happened in the 90s. So get out your Mark Eaton jerseys and your Marky Mark, because sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Ding, mm-hmm. ding, ding, ding. And they're always glad you came. Mm-hmm. Bing, bing, bing. You want to go where people know the troubles are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name happened in the 90s. Wow. Steve, we didn't even discuss that. 
Yes. I love it. You know, man. Well, today, my friend, we're talking about all things January 18th in the 90s. Starting off in 1990, Cheers is airing season 8, episode 14, What is Cliff Clavin? In this episode, Cliff Clavin appears on the game show Jeopardy, and game show host Alex Trebek guest stars as himself. R.I.P. R.I.P., but a great actor. Alex Trebek, multi-talented. And also, when I read the title for this episode, I was like, does Cliff, like, take acid and just question reality? What is Cliff Clavin? I would, I'd watch that one, too. But this is a great episode, too. And this episode starts off with an older guy coming into the bar. And he says that he hasn't been in Cheers in over 20 years. It's been his first time since the 60s. He said, he's talking to Woody, and he's like, you know, the floor used to be green. Those stairs, it used to go the opposite way. And they even changed the paneling. And when Woody asked, they did? He's like, yeah, over there by Norm. <laughs> Norm's just reading a paper. I love that, Steve. You don't, do you see that anymore? Is there just like an old sauced up dude just reading a paper at a bar anymore? Does this happen? It, it, it went to the phone. <laughs> it went to the phone. Yeah, you're right. It's much not, it's much less classy now. Yeah, but Norm, he's an institution, Steve. He might have been there before the building was there. They just built around him, you know? Hey, Norm. And, and cue that classic theme song. God. I mean, we always go on about theme songs, but this is another one. Somebody, it was just cooking in the in this time period. There's like two decades where, maybe even three, they almost thought about the theme song as much as the show, I feel like. And it well, once again, just like I said about Golden Girls, man, A++, because, they, yeah, they did put a lot of attention into the theme song, but they put attention into the writing, the evolution of the characters, uh, backstories, like the callbacks to the characters from previous seasons, um, like the, the team, the, the actors, the actresses, man, everything just bona fide, bro. And just like a small, this is a small thing, but even just like the intro, like the weird vintage photos they show where it's like they sync it up to the people it applies to in Cheers. It's like the young guy and it shows Woody, the bartender, like the main bartender, and it shows like uh, what's his face, his name and stuff. Everything about it. It was just like, it was as far as my childhood, like I remember like this is one of my earliest TV memories because this would be on like my mom and dad watching this shit. Just like this song got ingrained into your head. We, we could have sang this in like third grade probably, you know? Like, we probably knew that. It's just embedded, right? <laughs> it's just a song about bar people at a bar. You wanna go. It's just, I wish my elementary school actually let us do that. That would have been great. And uh, the next scene, we have Sam gets a phone call at the bar, and it's Carmen. Carmen's calling for Sam, and she, like, basically tells him off and hangs up. And Norm asks, she hung up on you? He's like, yeah, she used to be. And he basically left her waiting on him at a roller rink wearing a black leather miniskirt and French-cut panties. Very specific. And he's like, that does sound like me, but I don't remember that. I would have remembered having some broad just waiting for me with the the FC panties. Um, 
So it just kind of sets some alarm bells off. And he's like, wait, let me check my black book. Cause you know, my whole schedule's there. He can't find it, Steve. It's nowhere to be found, which is crazy. Cause that's like the Bible of tail. He's lost his power, man. And you know, Cliff, he comes in and he says, Jeopardy's in town for a one-time only East Coast appearance. And, you know, he, he's going to take the test or h- however you qualify to get on that show. He's going he's going to do it. He's determined. Uh, while Sam, he's on a mission to go look for his black book. He, you know, Frazier tells him to retrace his steps. And he's just like, uh, I was at the laundromat last night. He's going to the laundromat and Woody wants to help him find his spare sock. Yeah, he's like, check out, I'm, I'm missing both. Uh, we go back to the bar. Cliff comes back in because this is later. He and he aced the test, Steve. I guess they tell you right then and there. Not the Jeopardy test, A plus. Which, yeah. mm, what's on that thing? Yeah, well, I'm going to Jeopardy, and uh, you know, once Rebecca finds this out, she wants them to plug Cheers. So they're throwing out anecdotes. Uh, man, you should tell him about the time we saw that rat behind the bar. Uh, you should tell him about the time this guy got caught cheating on his wife. It's like, yeah. So while that's going on, another phone call comes into the bar. And this time it's Annie. She was waiting on Sam all day at the roller rink, wearing a black leather miniskirt and some French panties, French cut panties. And this is Sam comes back right as that happens. He couldn't find his book at the laundromat. It's, he's still, it's it's gone, Steve. It's gone. So um, I think Rebecca at this point is like, hmm, is she the one who points out that it might be the person calling is the person responsible for stealing? Doesn't she point out this like scam that's going on here? That's the part where I got fuzzy, man. I, I do know she helped. No, you know, it is they, Frazier. I'm sorry. I got my note here. So they're talking about it. And Frazier's like, seems like somebody has your book and is calling these chicks up and standing them all, standing them up. So you need to figure out that now. Somebody's like fucking up your steez. Frazier cranes on it. He's always the intelligent guy of the village. And, you know, now they need Rebecca's help. They, they enlist Rebecca and she's like, uh, I don't know. I'm not trying to get caught up in Sam's bull- bullshit. And, you know, wh- what's Rhea Perlman's name? Uh, Carla. Carla. <clears throat> Carla, she, she basically like bluffs Rebecca and says, you know what? If you don't, you know, I, I can tell the guys about that thing that you don't want them to know about. She's like, fine, Sam, what do you need? <laughs> Yeah, dude, she's she's playing that bluff game, Steve, hard. Carla's a fucking G. Um, oh, yeah. And they also p- figure out, because, like, the, the way it's going, it seems like the person is going through this black book alphabetically. So they're like, you're about to be the next person that gets called alphabetically, you know, so be on the lookout. That's why they go to her. So That's right. They pull that G move on her of just like bluffing like and i do like this because yeah it's fucked up that they lied to her but it also shows you that rebecca has something so fucked up in her past that she's like do they know what is it which one which messed up thing is it so she can't even like let that go to the point where she's like oh i know you're lying she's like i've done too much dirt i just gotta let this one go i think she's into bestiality stuff that's (laughs) that's my bet 
<laughs> did a couple of donkey shows at Cheers. <laughs> With a pantry full of peanut butter. Uh, oh my God. So also as that's happening, Frazier or yeah, Frazier, Woody and Norm are like trying to figure out if they're going to go see Cliff at Jeopardy. And everybody's like, kind of like, I don't know. And they asked Frazier, like, are you going to go? And he's like, ah, I told Lilith I was going to clean my dog's ears. I don't know. You know, <laughs> anything to get out of it. Like, is this just like, man, Cliff, he's just like a lovable loser. I swear, man. Like, no, it's like they fuck with him, but they don't fuck with him. And now we're at Jeopardy. We're on the set. It's the real Alex Trebek. And this is my first time seeing the announcer, the, the real life yeah. guy. Yeah. Like, it's weird, so, right? It doesn't make, I, it's weird to see it. Cause I guess I just pictured Rod Roddy or somebody in my head. And it's not that. Yeah, it's not, he's a completely different guy. And uh, you know, his contestants are a doctor, a lawyer and a mailman. He's an underdog, Steve. But Cliff's ready. Cliff's so ready that when Alex Trebek, like, he says hello to Alex and fucks up, like, the intro. Alex is like, okay, yeah, <laughs> chill out, bud. Thank you, Alex. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're welcome, Cliff. But, uh, Cliff kills it, Steve. Oh, man. Look at the damn categories. Civil servants, stamps from around the world, mothers and sons, beer, Bar trivia, celibacy. It's a, it's a cakewalk. Oh, he he gets. I mean, he gets up big, Steve. I mean, the, but then as we, I feel, I forget how much he's up, but he gets like twenty two thousand, I think. And everybody in the audience is like, "Holy, like this is crazy! He's gonna win so much money." And Norm, Cliff's best friend, is like, "Hey, you know, I know Cliff." And uh, I don't think it's going to work out the way you think it is. <laughs> and Woody's just like, how do you know? It's like, man, I, I know Cliff. He's he's going to blow it all before I even get a chance to ask for a loan. That's why I'm pissed. I'm already, I'm, I'm preemptively pissed at him now. Like, bro, I was going to ask you for 10 racks. You already, I already know you're going to blow it. At least, so the bar tab. At least pay my bar tab, dude. Come on. Give me the zero. Yeah. Uh... But we get the final question. I You seem to, did you have the final question log, Steve? The final Jeopardy is movies. That's the that's the title of the, the category. And, you know, obviously Cliff has no idea what it's about. The characters are Archibald Leach, Bernard Schwartz, and Lucille Lassour. And I guess you're supposed to answer who portrayed those characters. And they were Tony Curtis, and damn it, I didn't clock that part. But anyways, he didn't get that right. And, and he bet everything. Agnes, she goes down to $400. She got it wrong. And when it comes to Cliff, his answer is, who are three people who've never been in my kitchen? And sure enough, he bets it all. <laughs> and I love Alex was like, well, unless you have a catastrophic failure in this last question, you're good to go, Cliff. <laughs> And he's not. Norm knew it. He tanks. And then as they're like closing off Cliff, I mean, he loses it because in his mind, he's like, 
Look, guys, that's correct. What I said, totally real and totally correct. You can fact check it. And he basically goes on a tirade to the camera to state his case. Um, but he's not going to win that money, Steve. He blew it all. He, get, he doesn't even have a buck. Tony Curtis is still alive. Ask him right now. If you if you if you get all if you get a hold of us right now, I'll split half of it with you. <laughs> uh, so he blows it. So then we come back from that failure to Cheers, and <clears throat> I do like that this trick Carla has of like bluffing Rebecca. Norm's like, "Hey Rebecca, I need a beer, free of charge," and she's like, "No, you're gonna pay for it." He's like. Uh, I'm going to tell everybody about that thing. And he gets a free yeah. beer, Steve. It works. This woman has, how much dirt does this woman have in her fucking closet, Steve? Yeah, man. Donkey shows and dog. Donkey nuts, shows. Rebecca's doing donkey shows. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, she's hot, man. Like she, yeah. Hell like, yeah. like her, her views and things at the, towards the end of her life, Kirstie Alley, like that she, I don't know if you're familiar stuff that she shared on social media it's kind of like yeah but in, in the realm of early 90s rebecca howe can get the long dick yeah that's vin that's vintage uh rebecca what's her name she she's hot Christy alley she was like she was attainable hot you know she wasn't like a mm -hmm. pam anderson she was just like that hot like mom you'd see at school when you're like oh you catch her okay catch her at the right time it's gang time <laughs> yeah she in this though sam he's he's definitely and sam obviously if he's taking you to bed obviously you've got to be pretty sexy because it's sam alone steve he's got a black book full of hotties if you become yeah. one it's like getting into the hall of fame and but as we find out later, Miss Rebecca Howe has only one star next to her name in the black book, which is Sam, something Sam is still looking for. And, you know, it's kind of like Pootie Tang without his belt, in a sense. Well, I mean, <clears throat> it's like a chef who has all these recipes that are just fantastic, but the information's gone, you know, the numbers. This isn't the 2000s. You can't store numbers on a phone. You gotta remember those things off the dome. Carla, Carmen, Becky, Rebecca, all these women. It's like, I, he's getting into trouble, Steve, he needs it. So they get a call from Sam Malone, Steve, calling the bar to hit up Rebecca. Cause obviously their their hitch was right. They went, he's going alphabetically. So she throws on like a sexy, like, oh, I'm gonna put on some panties for you, baby. She throws in like some of that. Call he's like, meet me over at Cheers, sets it up, we're good to go. They're just gonna, it's like a sting now. Basically. And a person that shows up is a kid. It's a, it's an adolescent. And he comes in looking for a girl in a leather miniskirt. And they caught him basically. They they got him in the in the crosshairs, they sit him down and they grill him. Like, why do you call these women and not show up? And it's like, well, these are women that I might be attracted to, but because I'm a kid still, like I get cold feet and I just kind of like fuck around with them. They won't take me serious. Um, so why did you come to this one? Why did you come this time? Well, this name had only one star next to it. So I thought it'd be easier. <laughs> thought, I, <laughs> thought I had a shot. 
I love he has a rating system in this book. It's like Rebecca five still has a bunch of keywords like gaping, squirter. <laughs> and this, but I love this kid gets caught and is just like straight up like, hey man, I, I'm just shooting my shot. Um, I can't be mad at him. And Sam Malone can't either. He's like, you're stealing my identity, but you know what kid? I see a lot of myself in you, so. Give me the black book back, but uh, here's a piece of advice and some uh, 25 bucks to get a better haircut. Go off, get your own pussy, young boy. <laughs> yeah, Corey Trayers. Um, <clears throat> but as they're having this little like blowout with this kid, a celebrity walks into the bar. Alex Trebek himself walks into the bar, Steve. The man right here. <laughs> And I think Cliff Clavin is, he's come in like dejected also. So he's already there. I think we missed that. But Alex comes in. I think Carla tries to shoot her shot with him because she's like, look, I have something to tell you. And he's like, no, I I don't know where Vanna White, I don't know her address. And she's like, oh, that's good because I, I could do anything better than Vanna White. Or it's like, I could do you better than Vanna White. Some shit like that where it's like, damn. I can turn letters you never seen. <laughs> yeah. But although, you know what, Steve? Carla? Don't, gonna don't go do and, it. Don't, you going don't. at it, Steve? If you're no, Alex Trebek? No. Dude, I'm if I'm Alex Trebek, I'm going for Rebecca Howe. I'm Alex Trebek in this bitch. Come on now. Why would I mess with Carla? And like, shout out to Rhea Perlman. I know you got to be a G to deal with Danny D that whole time. You got to be a G to to, to withhold all of that with, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But still, I mean, maybe he's in for like, he's like, but she looks like a wild time. He's already had all the, the top notch, Steve. He's looking for something weirder, something wilder. Sam hadn't even had Rebecca yet. So... (laughs) Like he ain't so Alex ain't had her yet too. I, man, I'm just saying if I was I'm Alex, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, that would have been funny that. if he just came in, did like a lap, and just took her out. He's like, come on, let me take you out of this. Yeah, and, girl. <laughs> you fun yeah. size too. Huh. I, can, I, can, I can bounce. Yeah, with the one arm, girl. Get you your know. head. <laughs> you know what this mustache is for, right? Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah, it ain't the Amber Alertish kind of mustache either. Yeah, (laughs) this is for grown folks. This is the episode of Cheers I want to see, Steve. I don't know if we're ever going to get it, but... Missed opportunity. All right, Peter, both. I'm going to take a sip for Kirstie Alley with her fine ass. And uh, R.I.P. to Alex Trebek, a legend. Again, yeah. But I feel like Alex Trebek, you know, it could have been weird, stiff. He's playing himself. But he I think he killed this, Steve. He did. Because after he did. that, he talks to Cliff. And what 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 does he talk to Cliff about, Steve? Fill us in. Uh, he basically telling him like, "Hey man, I'm sorry for what happened to you on our show." And, you know, it's because of your appearance on Jeopardy that, you know, me and the producers, we we had to second guess ourselves. And, you know, it, it's about perspective. You know, maybe your answer was right. So, uh, you gonna give me my forty-four thousand big ones? Uh, no. Uh, so, so you gonna let me uh, be a contestant on the show again? Uh, 
Mm-mm. But, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking I'm actually quitting as the host of Jeopardy because I just feel that bad. You know, I can't continue living with these kinds of doubts. And Cliff talks him off the edge. You know, he's like, man, you know what? I can't allow this to happen. You, you have to stick around for America. This is Jeopardy we talking about. And Alex was just like, eh, you know what? You got a point. I think I will stick around. Thanks, Cliff. <laughs> it's just like, and, it, and you know, it's like, I'm going to tell my mom about this moment. You know, she's going to be happy. He saved America, Steve. The fabric of America. And I think somebody's like, that's, you know, it's sweet that you did that. And he's like, no, 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 no. I just, I saw Cliff across the, and I needed to say something to him. And, uh, because he scares me. Oh, you too? <laughs> I've, I've looked into the eyes of madness. I don't want that. Yeah, yeah, it, it was Normie who's talking to you, man. He was like, really, I just came here for a beer. I just happened to run into Cliff, and I just I had to think on my toes. That's <laughs> Alex, man. I think he's more brilliant. He knows than, everything, than... Steve. When you know everything, you're ready for anything. That's great. I like that. He stays ready, so you never have to get ready. And apparently, like, because this was a big deal, even before I was really watching Cheers, I remember this being a thing. They, you know, because it's a, a cross branding of sorts, you know, uh, you know, Jeopardy and Cheers. And years down the line, whenever something like this would happen in real life on Jeopardy, uh, Alex Trebek would refer this as a pulling a Cliff Clavin. Like if somebody is up by a lot and then they just fumble the bag in Final Jeopardy, it's referred to as pulling a Cliff Clavin. So well, there you, you know, go, I, Cliff. I like that. You got you. You're immortal now. You are that. I wonder if they still call it a Cliff Clavin, Steve. The magic wouldn't be the same, but I I, I hope they do. Come on, my MB Alec. Come on, uh, Ken Jennings. <clears throat> I like Ken Jennings. I do. I think that guy's good. I mean, he's the best player of all time, or one of them. So he's, he's good guy. at it. But uh, you know who probably didn't watch this episode of Cheers in 1990, Matthew? Who? Probably DC Mayor Marion Barry because he was arrested for drug possession in an FBI sting. The bitch set me up. Hey, you don't know what's in that pipe. You don't know what's in that pipe. And we don't, Steve. Look at that footage. And I gotta say, I watched, uh, I think it was from the Washington Post. Let me see what website this was. Uh, no, this is a C-SPAN, I'm sorry. But it was like an hour and a half long, it's the evidence tape. And they had multiple angles in this fucking hotel room, Steve. They were ready to go. This is some wire shit. They had multiple <clears throat> from like every, every like, wall. Is this from different time periods? But no, they're just like, okay, he got up. Let's go over to the, it's like a TV switcher, Steve. You could have been yeah. running the Marion Barry tape, my man. <laughs> yeah, they had a master control operator like hiding in the closet. All right, camera one. Man, what's that? Camera two. See, we had that switch. What is that? What's that? (laughs) Man, hold on. Give me that crack rock. But I mean, it's hilarious if you just listen to the audio because it's just like him talking to like a hooker, isn't it? And she's just like, this shit just gets me excited. I get too excited. I just can't do it. I just get too crazy on (laughs) shit. She's all cracked out. But dude, like I have family members who were on that stuff since the genesis of crack in the 80s. They're still with us, uh, thank God, knock on wood, but they barely have control of themselves. To think someone could overlook a whole major city, like 
It's DC. I mean, it's it, I mean, it's these. I mean, it's not like New York, but I'm just saying it's pretty important, you know. And uh, this happened, and then he got reelected, right? Like he actually won another election post getting a caught in a sting for smoking like there's video evidence i'm watching it right now he's smoking crack chris rock had a whole bit on it smoke crack got his job back i mean what a what what was the fucking uh what was his like speeches like what i mean, how hard were they growing him and that he still got through like that because i mean it's tough to come back from any sort of scandal that has a video attached to it. And I mean, it's not just incriminating. I mean, it's there. I mean, it, is, it is incriminating. It's there. He's, t- he's tooted and booted in real time. Like, dude. And in, in a roundabout way, maybe he helped Bill Clinton get elected the first time. Because, you know, this happened before 92 when he got elected. So it's like, oh, we got a guy who smoked crack. This guy smoked a little weed. But well, I mean, he, he pulled. Hell. <laughs> he pulled the ultimate, like what a lawyer tells you: just deny it, just keep denying it. And that he, to the day he died, he was probably he kept saying, like, you don't know what was in that pipe. I was smoke. That's tobacco, guys. Like, guy can't have a little tobacco smoke in the hotel room with a hooker. Okay, you got me. I had a hooker. I'm a mayor. I need to blow off some steam. That ain't crack. I mean, that's the least you can do. But uh, somebody who wasn't privy to any of this shit in 1990 on January 18th, I bet you don't know who, Matthew. Probably American actor Rusty Hamer, born 1947. And I know he's old timey. I know him as the son on the show Make Room for Daddy. He he played the son. uh... Damn it. What was his name? His name was Rusty. Rusty Williams. Uh, and Make Room for Daddy was uh, it was a starring vehicle of Danny Thomas, an old time, uh, I, I, probably vaudeville comedian. But Rusty Hamer, uh, he was a child actor back in those times. And uh, January 18, 1990, his brother uh, found him dead in his trailer home in the Ritter, Louisiana. He shot himself in the head. And uh, they said that Rusty. he hasn't been happy yeah, he wasn't happy since his 20s. Uh, he was confused, uh, very unhappy, trying to find work. It, it's the, the the typical story of the child actor that grew up and, you know, lost his cuteness and, you know, trying to merge into the adult acting world. And it just like come up short, man. Pulled a Corey Haim style thing where he just went to shit. The, the Corey Haim, but at least Corey didn't off himself. Yeah. Rusty, what was this guy's real name though? Rusty Haynes? R- Rusty Hamer. Hamer. Wow. Sounds like a real like farmhand type dude. You know? Sounds like he has got some bib overalls and a John Deere hat. Maybe he was wearing that when he shot himself. But in uh, 1991, Cadence premieres in theaters. Charlie Sheen plays a rebellious inmate in an army stockade. Directed by Martin Sheen, starring Charlie Sheen, Martin Sheen, Larry Fishburne, Michael Beach, and Ramon Estevez. You're talking about nepotism. I didn't even know that was Ramon Estevez. The fuck? It's it's, kind of like that third Manning brother that didn't play in the NFL. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, was he still going as Larry Fishburne in this, Steve? Are we getting that level? 
I, I want to say it wasn't until Boys in the Hood, uh, which came out later in 91, that he became Lawrence. I, I have to fact check on that. But yeah, uh, this is fresh out of King of New York. He was still Larry uh, in 1990. And in, now we're in early 91. He's still Larry, man. So well, he was in Apocalypse Now, right? He was in this. They mentioned that in the M-dubs. This is his second time collaborating with Martin Sheen because of that. Well, yeah. I didn't know Martin Sheen directed it. I've never seen this movie. I watched like the preview and a couple video clips from it, but uh, it, it didn't look like a great movie, but it had some stars in it, Steve. Yeah, I watched it. With, very, very dramatic. Charlie, this is still like Platoon Charlie Sheen, where we were still like giving him some, giving him some like heavy lifting acting, you know? Dude, early 90s Charlie Sheen? Oh yeah, dude. Like... That shit. He was still, he was in the hot shots. This is in between major leagues one and two. You know, we're still taking him serious. We don't know about the tiger blood and the fucking the whores and the HIV and all of that. We didn't know. We're taking him serious. Me and Larry Fishburne doing rails of blow. <laughs> Stomp in the yard. I do like that his dad is just all over his his dad's like the the head of the prison or whatever this is just giving him shit constantly and basically what this is is they've put charlie sheen in a some sort of military prison or military like boys camp with, with black with black dudes and he they're like his dad's like so you like in your bunk mates <laughs> and it's a lot of that but you know charlie sheen love it he loves it steve <laughs> he's he all he, he thrives on it yeah and he basically befriends all these guys lawrence fishburne gives them the good the goods gives them the info and he through his acceptance into this group sort of i guess like i, I don't even know what happens at the end of this but him and his like he gets he, he makes some friends in this prison, Steve, or whatever this is. And throughout the whole time, it's infuriating Martin Sheen. How dare you get along with those colors? Ah, I'm gonna shoot somebody. You, you picked you, the you over team, motherfucker. <laughs> you over there what? doing dance moves? And you're playing basketball with him? What do you think you're fucking Jerry West? Because this is set in the 60s, too, so there's that. You know, you're not yeah. supposed to be mingling with the colors. But hey, he makes do, as Charlie Sheen does. It's like, yeah, hell yeah. I mean, Charlie, he's a charming guy. He's an accepting guy on this. He's not a weird, messed up lunatic. Um, and him and Larry Fishburne, I guess, overcome the odds. Do they get out, Steve? You watched it. Do they get out? Does this, what? what is the denouement of this movie? Did they get out? Um, I, you know, as time progressed, I was paying less and less attention. <laughs> but I do remember one of the... Uh, special needs guys in the stockade he got shot uh sorry spoiler alert he got shot Aww. by Martin Sheen you know because he was playing little cat and mouse games with him and you know the, the guy he, he basically got shot down and um I do know Larry and Charlie they survived throughout this movie but you know it, the fact that you just seen the preview you don't need to go any further you don't need okay. to go like yeah you know enough because hey it's got Larry Fishburne and Charlie Sheen and Martin Sheen. Have you ever heard of it? There's your answer. 
Where was Emilio though? Ramon Estevez is getting some work. Why couldn't Emilio get in the mix and just throw the whole family at this? He's got Dr. Bomb Coach Bombay responsibilities. <laughs> Shit. Well, <clears throat> you know what? Shout out to Charlie Sheen, man. Tiger blood. Stomp in the yard. Dad. <laughs> Especially early 90s Sheen, man. But in fast forward to 95, the Parenthood debuts on the WB. Uh, you know, five seasons, 90 episodes. I, I feel like you won. You, you make it past four seasons. You, you made it into the syndication game. Royalty checks. Hmm. Especially coming out of WB, you know, you had to work a little harder, I feel like, to get a successful, like, syndicated show. I mean, maybe not, but... But this did have Reagan Gomez, who is another 90s crush. She is just behind my shoulder, opposite of Faison. I love that. Yeah, she has always been on the socials, and she's still fine as a mom. Uh, and the mom on this, I always like her. She, she put the mom on Jason's lyric, RIP to her. I'll take a sip. And, of course, there's Big Firm. I mean, Big Worm. Still going strong. Still looks basically the same too. Phase on love, love it, man. Phase on man, and You're this right. is the starring vehicle of Robert Townsend. Of course, this was his brainchild. Uh, he's a legend. Uh, you know, during that that eighties, uh, I, I don't. There's a certain term for it, but there was like a collective of, of black comedian slash directors where it was Robert Townsend. Uh, Keenan Ivory Wayans, Eddie Murphy, Arsenio. I think Paul Mooney was a part of that from the going from the eighties going into the nineties. And Robert Townsend, he gave us Hollywood Shuffle, Five Heartbeats, The Meteor Man, and I think this was his first foray into like a family sitcom. And I ate this up along with the the Wayans brothers. Uh, this was another part of that that staple for WB trying to get established. It would be Wayans Brothers, Unhappily Ever After, Parenthood. And I think that show I mentioned called Muscle. And for some reason, this this debuted a week after the Wayans brothers did. They they wanted to hold some back. So you can't give it, you can't blow the full load immediately. You gotta just let them see a little bit at a time. You can't, man. But uh <laughs> yeah, and, and luckily it's it was on HBO Max, they took it off, but now it's back on Tubi. And I don't know, maybe we'll cover some more episodes of it, man. It had its moments, but in 1998, WWF is airing Royal Rumble 98 from San Jose Arena in San Jose, California. I, you know, I, I don't know how you feel, but we've watched some Royal Rumbles in this show. Obviously, I watched them as a kid. This one, I'm digging it, Steve. I feel like they really, this is a good one. That Attitude Era, I, I feel we're knocking at the door. I, I, to, to me, this it is it. I mean, oh, come on. Well, well, hey, it's not just me. I feel like it's popular opinion that we don't get there until WrestleMania 14, which we have oh, to cover. With when, man, when he... they figured it out by then. You don't have to call it that, but at least Stone Cold, they figured that that was cemented at this point, and it was amazing. And, and as we'll see, man, like he gets a huge pop. It's established that Stone Cold is the man. And throughout this pay-per-view we, we see rocky or now called the rock we see his ascension 
we've, we've covered the Survivor Series where, you know, die, Rocky die. We covered the WrestleMania 13 where, you know, he still hadn't figured it out. But now here we are, 98 Royal Rumble, and he's being heavily used. Yeah, hell yeah. There's a, there are a couple of people in here doing a lot of double and triple duty in this shit. Yeah. You know, really getting some, hopefully they got paid for it. But, uh, <coughs> Holy shit, excuse me. <laughs> I got caught up, Steve. Because <laughs> I was going to say, Iron Mike himself was in the building, Steve. Excite- as excited as I was. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus. Mike, and, and this is a, one of the many things I love about Mike. Dude, he grew up a wrestling fan, just like us, man. You know, but because he's older, you know, he knows the old, like the Bruno Sammartinos and all them guys. He can, like, I, I would love to have a sit down with him and just talk wrestling. Fuck boxing. I think he would like that too, you know? Don't just ask him about what it was like to box somebody. Be like, yo, what what do you think about Gold Dust Vader? <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, this is a great pay-per-view. Uh, a great, if you just factor in like the Royal Rumble part of it, this is a great Royal Rumble. The little storylines they had going throughout of it, and especially the Stone Cold shit was fantastic. Oh, man. Yeah. And uh, this is sponsored by 1-800-COLLECT back when, you know, companies were like sponsoring the pay-per-views. Or when we were making collect calls. That's we don't even know what the fuck that is anymore. And man, it only makes sense that this event was commentated by the GOAT team of Jim and Jared. Jared and good old JR. And uh, the first match, Steve... Vader, we love him, and the artist formerly known as Gold Dust. <laughs> what is he now? Blue Dust. Well, that's what Jr. was calling him. Oh, okay. I think he was just trying to be petty. He, but he's, <laughs> he's still doing the Gold Dust thing. But yeah, and um, he'll he'll get snippy with you if you just refer to him as Gold Dust. It's the artist formerly known as Gold Dust. Don't you dare. And uh, he's coming out in crazy. They kind of like show his what's been going on since he's like stopped being Gold Dust. We saw it. We saw when he stopped in that one match with Vader where he didn't want to like do anything. He just broken up with his wife. He disowned his family. Uh, he's been coming out in crazy fucking gear recently, like a baby with a pacifier and a diaper. Um, traded Marlene in for Luna Vachon, which I don't support at all because Luna, she sounds like Ma Fratelli from the Goonies, Steve. I mean, it sounds crazy. I, I don't, I mean, how much crack can you smoke? Let's ask her because it seems like she's cracked the fuck out. <laughs> Paperback special, Matt. She got body. She looks like a tank. She looks like she was in Tank Girl. You know, she's got like a see-through like skirt. She's got half her head shaved with veins painted on the side of her head, and she sounds like the coach in Major League. (laughs) Vaughn, it can't get any tougher. Yeah, I don't like it. But Demolition Man Luna's out there. Vader's out there. Gold Dust is out there. The artist formerly known. Artists. Yeah. And they've, you know, Vader's got bad blood with this dude because basically he fucked him over. So, you know, Vader doesn't like that. He's going to come out and whoop some ass. Yeah. And then they also show a clip of 
him dressed like Sable. Gold, the artist formerly known as Gold Dust, he's dressed like Sable and he attacks Goat Vader with a coconut. But you know, <laughs> what? they were just throwing him shit. Like, make it work, dude. Figure it out. Yeah, he was going through some things, you know, midlife crisis, I guess. But th- this match isn't—it's not that long. It's less than ten minutes. And Vader, you know, of course they have a back and forth. But Vader, he eventually uh, Vader bombs him with Luna on his back and gets the pin. And Luna takes a her. I mean, she could have been injured, but luckily her head took the brunt of the damage because she comes down with Vader, but comes down like head first. So she takes more damage than fucking Gold Dust does. But I love it. She took a bump, Steve. She got in she there. Take- Luna can take a pounding mat, and that's another reason why I like her. Yeah! Put it so. in my thresher. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but I mean, I love, there's a couple of things in this where people are just like strong as fuck and can catch people midair. And I know she's a small, like small in comparison, but Vader's like on a turnbuckle. She jumps up, grabs him by the neck, and he just like continues about his business like a puppy's just crawling up his body. It's crazy. Like Luna, I, we get it. You're strong, but like you can't hold down Vader. This is Vader time. Yeah. What did you think was gonna happen? Um, but and then that happens, and then we see because uh, you know one thing everybody is trying to stress is that everyone in the WWE wants to kick Stone Cold's ass. Where's he at? When's he gonna get here? He's not here yet. Well, after the Vader match, Stone Cold shows up, and I mean one of the crazy. It, it's second only to the pussy wagon and Kill Bill. Just the most like crazy looking truck that you don't want to see coming down the road, Steve. The 316 truck. Unless you're a fan, I'd like I'd, I'd be like giddy as a schoolgirl, man. Well, but I, I don't know if it's Kevin Dunn or if it's Michael Cole trying to interview him. Like he just got out of his truck and he's asking him like, so what do you think about everybody trying to whip your ass? He's just like, just park my damn truck. And if you scratch it out, you'll get your ass whipped. I love that. Like, <laughs> the world loves it. This is... <clears throat> I mean, and I think they're giving it away, Steve. I don't know if we figured that out yet, but that truck is yeah. going to be given away at some point, which I mean, imagine winning that as a kid. Like you won that. Steve Garrett wins the 316 truck and you're driving around Perrysburg in the fucking the Texas Rattlesnake Chevy Super Duty. That's pretty dope. That's going to get me some trim. Might not be from the girl I like, but it's, yeah. No, it's you're going to get something. 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 You got a Frickers? You got a Frickers and a 316? You're getting an HJ at least. At, at, the, at the minimum. Some lady with chap lips. Um, and then... Uh, the next match is a it's a little appetizer match, Steve. A couple of it's like a tapas match. It's a little mini match, if you will, with a bunch of mini people. Midges. <laughs> Steve, they're little people. <laughs> I mean, one of these dudes though, I don't even think it's right that they're letting him wrestle because he's only like eighty-seven pounds. He's like a small child wrestling, or Max Mini, I think, is the one that is that small. Max Mini, yeah. It's not right, but there's a lot of fun in this. I don't know, I've, I've referenced it a lot, but there's, in Jingle All the Way, the Arnold Schwarzenegger Christmas movie, he punches a little person off of the giant, and uh, the way the, the little person flies in that movie, we see that a lot in this. They're doing all kinds of crazy shit. The bar is only so high, no pun intended. Really, like, I... 
I was more interested in like Sunny and like her her movements and the the tight short like spandex shorts because the the little people they they're just doing different hurricane ranas and it's like man if i want hurricane ranas i go to ray mysterio and scott steiner yeah. god damn it in this shit because these pretzels are making me thirsty god damn it like i'm just trying to get to the the, the meat and potatoes luckily this shit doesn't last more than 10 minutes max mini mosaic and nova they defeat battalion el torito and tarantula by a pinfall Sonny, I do. she has some yeah. sorry go ahead no i was just saying sunny has some involvement are you talking about getting thirsty uh when i see sunny in this i know she's a mess of a human being and possibly don't think of going to jail for the rest of her life now but yeah. this that night if i mean god damn take me to Foot Locker, please um and also King has an amazing line in this match where he's like, Max Mini is trying to learn English. I saw him reading a book in the back, and Jared's like, what book? <laughs> King's like, Little Women. <laughs> I mean, just fill every second, Steve. He's one of the best. Like, he filled that Bobby Heena role the best, man. Like, I, I think, like, I feel like that was his purpose. It's it's kind of like the whole gorilla Bobby chemistry. Like, and, and Jerry was that, man. He's so he's a good heel uh, announcer for sure. He just and he's willing to say some pretty fucked up shit too. I love it. That's that's hilarious. Not <laughs> about that. I love and they, that. they show Mike. They show Mike again, and he's sitting with Vince and Shane and just eating it up. Just 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 being the the wrestling fan. The, the, you you can see the kid coming out of him. Pause. I do Shane like to be Shane though like hanging out in a box at Royal Rumble your dad owns the shit and you're hanging out with Iron Mike just shooting the shit I mean come on it's fantastic I'm sure he grew up with so many situations like that God I would just love that that's a guy I'd love to talk to because I mean, as a, he was kind of like, how old is he? He's kind of be close to our age or maybe a little older 50. than us. He, okay. I want to say he's like just 50 at this point. But even still, like if this was grade school, if we were in grade school, like maybe kindergarten, first grade, he would have been in junior high. Yeah, I don't know. man, living the life. Just like a my, Richie Rich, but with really with a cool dad that's doing cool shit. You know, he's not a nerdy dude, but man. Shout out to fucking Shane O'Mac. And uh, the next match, Steve, the first uh, appearance of The Rock. And uh, he's going against Ken Shamrock, who I think we both widely agree is, you know, it is what it is. (laughs) Wait, (laughs) I think you like to shit on Shamrock. I am a Shamrock fan. I I I like him as a UFC fighter. As a wrestler, not so much, you know? I love when he snapped because that's when he means business. He stands on business. Ah! (laughs) It's time. This is a weird, this match ends weird. But um, before we get to the match, Rock has a promo. And this is (laughs) during the Bill Clinton era where he's getting into some shit. Uh, And Rock gives Bill Clinton some advice, Steve. (laughs) Don't be silly. You got to cover it up, Willie. You lie with the dog, you're gonna get some fleas. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, he's coming into his own, and you know, he, he's shooting out them Rodney Rodney Dangerfield lines, one-liners, and 
it's just like, man, looking back on it, we didn't know at the time, but this dude is going to be like way bigger, like in some people's opinions, bigger than Hogan. It's not my opinion, but. <clears throat> it's a weird argument. It's hard to say because if you grew up when Hogan was going like in the eighties and nineties, when we did, it's like, you can't, I can't really, uh, it's, it is kind of on that same level, but it's just a different thing. It's a different thing, man. Yeah. But, uh, you know, this keeps going back and forth. Rock, we get all the night, like the rock moves. We get Ken Shamrock uh, being crazy. I mean, he does pretty good in this match, honestly. He doesn't, he doesn't like stiff wrestle. This isn't like an Ahmed Johnson level, like ab- abomination. It's a good match. But then near the end, it's very weird because <laughs> The Rock does this weird thing with brass knucks. And tr- I don't want to fuck this up, Steve. Explain what exactly happens here. Like what the 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 chain of events is. So I think at one point, Ken Shamrock is on the offensive. And once he got, has total control, I think that was the cue for D'Lo and Kama Mustafa to come to ringside and, and cause an interference. And so while that's going on, the referee is interfered. I think this was during a suplex that The Rock gave. And while he gave that suplex, he well, he punched him. He punched him with the brass knuckles. And then that's what it was. He punched him with the brass knuckles. He goes for the pin. And like before he pinned him, he put the brass knuckles in his in his trunks. The the ref goes for the, the one, two, three. Ken Shamrock kicks out, gives him one of those belly-to-belly suplexes, gets the pin. And then the rock, you know, just thinking ahead of the game, two steps ahead. He he tells the referee, like, no, nah, man, check his trunks. He cheated. He cheated. So that was like a full, a, a foolproof uh, plan, I guess. It's like just in case if I get my ass beat, I can call attention to the, the brass knucks. Or or as like Jim Ross would say, the knucks, he's got them knucks. And his he could have just pinned him though after hitting because he knocks him out with the knucks pins him but just like lightly pins him so he, it's almost like he wanted to just fuck around and make him look bad whatever rock somehow wins from a dq that he creates with some knucks, knucks. Um, ken shamrock because this is for a belt so ken's walking around with this belt thing and he wanted the ref's like hey, hey, hey cheater give me the belt back and ken shamrock now is yeah loses it ankle locks the ref and it takes like five zebras to come out and pull him off of this ref he won't you know he's disappointed steve he lost the ic belt so rightfully so but you'll, you'll get your turn i mean and- ken shamrock just jack city though i mean what was the roid cycle that that dude was on because they got out of ufc and was like i'm gonna go fucking crazy with it I want to look like Hulk. He's just like beefy, dude, for no reason. Dude, he was in better situation than Hulk, man. Because Hulk, he was he was big at the big like biceps and stuff, but like Shamrock had the biceps and the tone. Like, yeah, he just is like he looks like a movie villain or hero, whatever way, whichever way you want to go. But I love Ken Shamrock. I've no shade, but I'm just saying. I think it's not. I think it's widely could be agreed that he's not the greatest wrestler of all time. No, he just he had a he cool. Played look. his part, you know. He did it. You know, 
and, and you know, just like John Witherspoon would say, you got to coordinate. I always liked the little, you know, he had the razor Ramon, like it would be the, the the primary color with the secondary color somewhere in the trunks. And then he would have the, the boots and the knee pads that would have the same kind of color, you know, color pattern. I don't know. I just I'm, like I'm, the I'm Street Fighter it. stance, you know, I, I liked his like fight stance, you know. Shit. I mean, he's, he could whoop your ass. I mean, this is no joke. I mean, any of these guys could, but this guy legit could. Like, he's trained, so. So, you know, with Stone Cold still being on the hunt, or, or, or the hunt being for Stone Cold, the Los Periquas, they're looking for Stone Cold. E -e even the, the hairy Velcro back motherfucker. And they, they see somebody with a bald head and a leather jacket. And I feel like this was low-key racist. You know, it wasn't Stone Cold. It was actually Skull from DOA. And they jump him. And then DOA, they get involved. Yeah. Was that? I said, do we all look alike, guys? Come on. Come on. Do do better, Los Periquas. <clears throat> yeah, they be, they put the whooping on it. But, I mean, that guy, fuck that guy, too. Fuck, fuck DOA. Like we care. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, the next match. This is it, Steve. This is one of the highlights for me, honestly. Yes. But the dramatic. Okay, so it's LOD and it's New Age Outlaws. And this is. We've been watching the build up to this recently where New Age Outlaws, they're coming up. LOD, they're OLD now. They're old, Steve. They're old news. You know, they're the boys. Still love you, but. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it, is, it is what it is. And in this video, we see all the humiliation that they've gotten at the hands of these dudes. New Age Outlaws are just getting to LOD, Steve, in every way possible. They're even shaving, they shaved off half of Hawk's mohawk, Steve. He's got a lopsided mohawk, whatever. It's not even a mohawk. I don't even know what just, that was. It's just a mo at this point. Uh, and like, <laughs> as a fan, a super fan of LOD, it was low key painful to watch, man. I mean, it, it has to happen, though. And to, if it has to happen, at least the tag team doing it is the New Age Outlaws, because I love that, you know? Oh, you didn't know? And they come out in some Favre jerseys, and they start... This is in the Bay Area, so they just go to town on the 49ers to the crowd, start besmirching Steve Young. I know you probably love that. I, you know, I he's one of the few that I respect from that franchise. But at the same time, fuck 49ers as a crew, as a record label, and as a staff, all of that shit. And it, it doesn't help that they're wearing Favre jerseys because I really don't fuck with Favre or the Packers either. But, uh, yeah, you know, a, a jab either way will suffice. Yeah. yeah. Enemy of your enemies, Steve. Um, and also another storyline. Not only have they been humiliating them, but... Uh, Animal might be having a bum back. He, his back's been fuckety. Maybe he wasn't able to wrestle, but he got the okay from the doctor this today, basically. Hours before the event. So now we have a promo with Animal and Hawk. Well, uh, you know, you know something, Mikey Cole? <laughs> These new age outlaws think they're cooler than the other side of the pillow. But they're gonna be cooler tonight, cause we're gonna put them on ice. Ooh. And Michael calls like animal. What about your back? And animal just goes coke nasty about his back for five seconds. You know it doesn't matter. Doctors don't they know don't. what the fuck they're talking about. I'm animal, so fuck the bullshit. I'm going out. They there. Go, 
Yeah, and he does. Win, lose, or draw. I want to kick some ass. Even if we lose, I want to. I'm, I'm gonna make sure they get their ass whipped. So this match starts. And I do have to point out, Road Dog now has the crazy braid sitch that he started. That's synonymous with his look. Uh, yeah. I love that. But uh, you know, Animal, we're thinking he has a bad back. But like five minutes into this match, he catches fucking Billy Gunn midair. Like he catches Billy Gunn's on a small dude. He catches this dude midair and just fucking suplexes the shit out of him. I'm just like, how strong is this motherfucker? <laughs> it's crazy. I know he didn't have a bad back, but still, it's fucking crazy. Like they're the goats of tag team, man. They they can make the impossible possible. Um, he hits Billy Gunn with a power slam. Then he gets hit in the back with a chair as he tries to get the pin. So like, you know, oh, I forgot to mention Hawk. He's handcuffed halfway through the match. You know, Road Dog yeah. somehow, some way, he handcuffs Hawk. So he he's basically like stranded and like he's yelling out to his boy, Animal, and he's yanking, he's yanking, but. In all fairness, Animal in the ring is holding it the fuck down. He reverses the ring toss. He fucking double clotheslines him. And, you know, he's doing his thing, man. You know, and that's when he hits him with the power slam. And then around that time, that's when he gets hit with the chair across the back, man. Um, and so LOD, yeah, they win the DQ. But, you know, they don't get the belt, which, I mean, I'm sure New Age Outlaws are okay with. But Hawk breaks away and he clears house. Yeah, because they're beating on Animal's ass still with that chair in his back. So, they like, Hawk's losing it. And eventually he just says, he goes full fuck it. And just, you know, maybe, I don't know what those cuffs are made of, but he muscles a fuck. It looks crazy as fuck. They could have been real cuffs. This is Hawk we talking about, man. That he just gave him a pop. Somebody walked over and gave him a popper. He's like, ah! But it pops off. He saves his boy. And, but you know, New Age Outlaws, they fucking 4D chess them because they didn't lose those straps, Steve. They're still the tag team champion, so. That's, that's like rule number one in, in championship villainry. Shit, if we losing, let's just do some illegal shit. We leave home with the belts. Go home with the belts. Shit, we lost the match, but shit, we, we leave them with the merchandise. And uh, so then we cut from that. And now it's time to give away Stone Cold's truck, Steve. And I love this because the woman, they, you know, they just announced who it is. And it's someone named Mildred Bowers from Nashville, Tennessee. So it seems like an elderly woman won the Austin 316 super truck. I love that. Yeah, she can only use it in the fucking AM because she can't see good at night. So. I don't give a damn. <laughs> I don't give a rat's behind. <laughs> Oh man, I just would love I'm just God, just to see Steve driving around in this in Perrysburg. I can just see it now. God, you would have been so cool. Cooler. Yeah, no. I mean, you were cool, but I'm just saying this. You would have been I don't good. think Mildred Bowers is gonna look cool with rocking this truck though. Do you like, think that, that was a real thing though? Does Mildred Bowers exist? Because well, did they give this thing away? It seemed kind of like low energy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I'm calling bluff. I'm, it probably like that. Like that's probably Vince McMahon, one of his many fucking trucks for his 24 car garage. He's like, ah, it's a tax write off. <laughs> hey, we got a winner, Mildred Bowers, and he just, the guy goes away, and you see him like it's he did it. He's the one that filled out that form. 3D chess, motherfuckers. 
Um, but now it's time for the big dance, Steve. Mildred, she's going to get to collect that truck at a later date. Uh, but now it's time for the Royal Rumble. And for those that don't know what it is, 30-man elimination thing where you got to go over the top rope. So, you know, I'm going to let you run through the order of this, Steve. I didn't keep the full order. I got some highlights I just want to bring up. But I do got to say, I love... And this is why I think this one's really cool, like in a lot of ways. One of the cool things starts off with two straight hardcore legends, Cactus Jack and, I mean, Chainsaw Chop, but it's Terry Funk, you know. Take another sip. And I I forgot to take a sip for Hawk and Animal, man. For all three, I'm going to finish this cup and refill it. Fuck it. But yeah. Dude, they're, they're starting off like Char- Chainsaw Charlie comes down with the chainsaw and, and it's a real chainsaw with no guard on it because as you'll see when Cactus Jack is outside throwing chairs he catches one of the chairs he hits it with the chainsaw and you see sparks flying off that motherfucker so this ain't no bullshit like play school chainsaw I didn't even remember Chainsaw Charlie being I didn't remember that at all. Like I now seeing it I do, but I, I forgot Terry Funk was doing this in the WWF. But uh I just like this as a start because it's just these two guys in the ring. They have this history anyway, if you know wrestling. And uh, you know, I Terry Funk has these weird mannerisms too, like when he gets brutalized, like his way of showing damage and stuff is it's kind of like a low rent Ric Flair, like a drunk Ric Flair style. I love it. Guess how old Terry Funk is in this Royal Rumble. In this Royal Rumble? In this Royal Rumble. I mean, it's gonna be something low that is crazy because he looks old as shit. 40? Oh no, 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 no. He's 53. Oh my, oh but my God. How long was how Terry Funk wrestling into his life, Steve? Into his 70s, bro. That's just how badass this dude is. He is so committed God. to this craft, man. It's crazy it's... he took that much punishment too and he could still do that shit. But they kill it. And then again, every 90 seconds, boop, boop. Tom Brandy, the big Italian. And his, his running down the ramp was longer than his time in the ring. 12 seconds he lasted. 12 fucking seconds. Tom Brandy, who are you? And then back to Chainsaw and Cactus. And then more boop, boop, boop. Who's next, Steve? It's the people's champion, Jabroni. The Rock, and he I don't think he broke a record, but he has the longest stay this time. You know, every year in Royal Rumble, there's always like that one guy who has the, the longest tenure inside the ring. Yeah. And this oh, year, yeah. It, it, this, this is a, like more evidence that this is the ascension of the Rock. Like they have big plans for this guy. He's going to he's going to the top, man. And 51 minutes, 32 seconds, man. That's close to an hour. God. So when they're in this, maybe I asked this the last time we talked Royal Rumble, how do they like, because I know they're like coordinating and like if you're in a regular match, like you do some preparation where you're like practicing stuff, like the, the sequence of events. How do they do this in the Royal Rumble though? Do they just walk around and then like grab a guy and like, hey, I'm going to throw you in clothes on you. Like, is it like that? Or is there like a full script for all this shit? Bro, you stumped me. I don't know the the complete answer, but I do know that they they do that, you know, throughout this shit. They do that whispering shit, but they also have like plants in the audience that give out cues. Oh, they have, 
okay. you know the referees that are on the outside they play a part into it so I don't think that could be answered with just you know with one solution right? I'd love I think to hear like that a, like somebody that was in one of these like really or any of them like even the new ones like how that's done because it seems it's cool to watch but it's like man how do they fucking figure this shit out not like hurt each other and shit you know it's yeah. crazy like we're, we're seeing the rock coming to his own like i said man and like you know while chainsaw and mick foley or cactus jack they're going back and forth rock he he jumps in and he he has this thing where he's like huh, what, what do we have here what do we have here? like I, I love this arrogance this this new rock that he's just like finding within himself just like yeah like this works for you because that that curly flippy hair with the fucking yeah. uh, fanny pack that, that that wasn't it like this this arrogant with the with the master p uh button downs and shit i like this like like fresh off of a no limit album cover yeah. Th this works for you and, and i think it. he's he, he i think he knows man like yeah i'm this is gonna be my back well i think also one year like you know, I don't think it's nice to hear people say like "die, Rocky, die." But when you're getting a pop either way live, it's working. You know, like that's proof positive. It's like, damn, like this shit is working, gangbusters. I mean, there's some wild fucking signs. This is like the heyday of the crazy. I'm surprised they don't go through and blur some of the shit out because there's a lot of like out of pocket signs out there in this event. Didn't one of them say Rocky's a, a fag or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rocky's a bleep, Steve. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I can't even say it. And this is like a reaction to something that was said. But, uh, you know, so now The Rock, at one point, he gets the trash can over his head and Chainsaw Charlie and Cactus Jack, they double team him. Let's show him how us extremists do it. So he's got the trash can over his head. They're banging him with the chair, and they're they're giving him two pieces, four pieces with the with the breast and the thigh and, and the biscuit. And you know, eventually, Mosh comes out, and you know, that's the headbanger. Yeah, boo boo him. Don't boo Rocky. Shit, hit his ass. Yeah, yeah. Headbangers. He gets he gets a couple in. Who's the next guy, Steve? The next guy is Phineas Godwin, and and he he lasts kind of long, man. Twenty eight minutes, forty eight seconds, longer than he should have. And you know, after that, eight ball from from the DOA, you know, he comes in. He lasts longer than he should. Have. He was in there for thirty minutes, forty three seconds. And I think Cactus Jack he eliminates himself because he was trying to go after Terry Funk at the ropes. And, and this is a faux pas in Royal Rumble. You never do that when that when you when your opponent is at the ropes. You don't run to your elimination. That's what Cactus Jack did. You know, uh, Chainsaw. He's just it was one of them deals where he's like, oh my god, I'm stuck. And so Cactus Jack, he tries to like go over and then basically, <sighs> but he'll be back. But he know. I was gonna say. I think he know. You know, he knows. He'll be back. He knows. And this is iconic because th there are memes still made about this. I don't think this has happened ever when one performer. Per, like portrays three different people in a Royal Rumble. I don't. There's nobody that's ever done that, especially like a lot in the same time period. The same like, you know, he was doing all these every week. He could pick and choose which one he. I wonder how he did that, but you know, he'll be back, Steve. Shot for Mick. Just he's still with us, but man, you're a fucking boss, bro. Like, oh yeah. My my favorite match of all time. That Hell in the Cell was fucking. <laughs> I mean, just but, so many memorable matches, and he's great in this. 
you can't eliminate Terry Funk. Not that easy, though. But next, we have Black Jack Bradshaw. I think he lasts the second longest, 35 minutes and 45 seconds. Not too long after that, Owen Hart comes out, but his shit gets interfered by Jeff Jarrett, J-A-R-R-E-T-T, along with Jeff, uh, Jim Cornette. And Jim Cornette, I, I want to say he puts that paddle to him at one point. He's got it in his hand. Steve, use it. So what is this? Was the, was the NWA part where they like, because they make it out like he's in here. Like, is he an outsider? Or is that just a championship that they've integrated into the WWF at this point? I don't it, remember it was this. Just, it was just like ECW where, where Paul Heyman, he did like a co-signment with Vince McMahon. Jim Cornette kind of had a co-signment deal with Vince where he would bring in like the, the Midnight Rockers and he would bring in some of his guys from like the the what, what do you call it the Blue Hills the the, the Blue Valley whatever the fuck they Kentucky Tennessee shit. Okay. He would bring in some of them people and you know Jeff Jarrett. I, I guess this one is not as like far fetched because Jeff Jarrett was already in WWF, but he has roots in Tennessee. But you know, he whoops the shit out of Owen. He, he can't even get in the fucking match, Steve. He just gets his ass whooped. And he's, he doesn't even cut, go at this point, at least. But I love Jeff. I love me some Jeff Jarrett. Like, back, looking back, I love the Double J persona. This, this, is he slaying Slapnut yet? Because that's really where I locked into it. But he, The, the Slapnut thing doesn't come into effect until Deborah. At like, when, when he is with Deborah and he's tag team with Owen, when they become partners, okay. I think that's... You know, when, when he starts hitting people with that guitar, I think that's when that becomes the thing, man. But next coming out is Steve Blackman, another certified badass who you, you don't want to rub the wrong way, man. And Chainsaw at this point is still in the game. I, I think by the time Steve Blackman comes in, we're about shit, 20, maybe 30 minutes into this shit. I, I like Chainsaw also gives him like a little like Bruce Lee. Uh... <laughs> stand shit before they get into the mix too i love that you start beating his ass doing that little that drunken that drunk master shit i just like when terry funk gets hit in like the head he'll fall and he'll do like he has like brain damage where his legs start shaking and shit he does like the little seizure <laughs> yeah it's fucking fantastic another shot but after that though D'Lo Brown comes out man and he represents 32 minutes 21 seconds me and you we I will never stop doing this (laughs) so fucking baller dude and at this point because you know there's a here's another storyline in the rock nation of domination there's some there's some weirdness there and the rock is is wants to be the guy who's getting the push from them because he's like i'm the fucking i'm the champ i got the strap why are you guys i'm the one that should win the royal rumble so there's like some weird issues here but the rock and d-lo just get in the mix immediately they start whooping the i think the rock starts whooping d-lo's ass first and then i look d-lo gets in and starts whooping his ass talking shit yeah it's, it's, it's one man for himself man you know that allegiance goes out the window uh and kurgan he shows up yeah, he doesn't last long. Uh, you know, I, I thought it was funny that Chainsaw had his hand out as Kurgan's coming down. And as he got closer, Chainsaw just turns around and he's just doing his little, his middle-aged man-like stroll. Just like, oh, let me let me see what else is going on in this motherfucker. Because I ain't that bad. That's a big motherfucker. Like, I was just playing with I'm you. Man, oh, but you know, look me. at that. God damn. 
Psych. No. <laughs> he ain't in that long, and it does take like eight dudes to get Kurgan out. But you know, he can't be out there that long, Steve. He's just gonna pass out. But before that, Mosh, he gets eliminated by Kurgan. So that, that, that's one of Kurgan's fatalities. And uh, after that happens, marvelous Mark Merrill with Sable comes out. And he lasts a reasonable time, like a little less than 20 minutes, man. Um, but shortly after that, Kurgan, he throws out Blackman. And D'Lo and The Rock, they're fighting. They're, they're, they they kind of like focus on each other. They're having a back and forth. And while that's happening, Ken Shamrock comes out. And you know he's gunning for The Rock. Shit, you, you just stripped me of my title. Put some brass knuckles up uh, next to my balls. Like, I, I can't live this, let this live down. Yeah, and just going back to that real quick, though, I'm just thinking this out loud. Are you numb from the waist down, Ken? Because you didn't feel those rattling around in those very small briefs while you were wrestling. Weird. But he's got it out for the rock, Steve. And they let him back yeah. in. I like King points this out. This dude just assaulted multiple refs. Should he be in the Royal Rumble, Steve? Shouldn't there be a little bit of repercussions for that? Because that's that's out of pocket. And I don't support that. Hey, that's out of trunks. And as Ken Shamrock comes out, he he lays into Kurgan. Like, you know, you would think his his immediate focus would be on the rock, but he lays into Kurgan. He he's putting them drop kicks on them on them kneecaps, on the kneecaps, uh, and all of that shit. And it, it took eight ball, Bradshaw, chainsaw and Phineas and The Rock to eliminate Kurt. Three minutes. Come together. But I do like he did cut the tree down, Steve. He went for those leg kicks and it was just like, whack, whack, whack. And suddenly Kurgan's five foot tall. You know, you had to bring him down. That guy's crazy looking though. He looks like he was created in a lab in Russia. You know, like that comes out to fight Captain America in a movie, basically. <laughs> We've perfected the serum. And that's what comes up. <laughs> From a Tom Clancy novel or some shit. Oh, yeah. And Thrasher comes out, the, the other half of the headbangers. No one gives a fuck. Somehow, he lasted longer than an episode of Mark. 28 minutes and 8 seconds. Uh, you know, but shortly after Thrasher comes out, Mankind comes out. This is the second rendition of Mr. Mick. And Mankind, he takes out Chainsaw Charlie. Finally. Uh, the, the old man can rest. <laughs> Go take a sip of, get whatever you need, Terry. I mean, he put in some work, though. I mean, goddamn. Multiple concussions. He took a couple of chair shots. He did what he needed to do, Steve. He almost killed a guy with a real chainsaw. I mean, take the fucking chain off, guys. You just need the sound. It's crazy. He probably pissed and shit himself. I mean, he, he is at that age, and, and you're doing like high impact shit, man. You know, maybe he's wearing pampers, but you know, now the artist formerly known as Goldust with Luna, he comes out and he lasts pretty long at 26 minutes. And, uh, you know, he eliminates mankind, but Hey, this isn't the last we see of Mr. Foley. Yeah. Also the artist formerly known as looks in, he comes out in a different shit where he has like a bikini yeah. painted on his outfit. He does last so long, his face paint completely melts, Steve. He yeah, looks I think insane. it's a different one than this one. Yeah. That's not that. It's a silver one with literally black bikini painted on. So he's walking around looking like some kind of space hooker or some shit. I don't 
Okay, just gross. Just so gross. <laughs> just gross. That's what it was, really. He's just trying to be as gross as possible. So, shout out, Dustin. You did it. But now it's time for J A with Jim Cornette again. But <laughs> he lasts not even longer than goddamn uh, Tom Brandy or whatever the big Italian's name was. Uh, Owen, like he yeets the fuck out of Jared. Like I'm talking about world star worthy. Like, like Uncle Phil worthy. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he flies out of that ring. I gotta say, Owen's also rocking like a weird like five o'clock shadow look. This is evil Owen Hart now, you know? He's doing like the Hollywood shit. Screwed my brother, eh? Not cool, eh? You're not getting any Tim Hortons, eh? (laughs) No free episodes of Kids in the Hall. But like now, Honky Tonk Man comes out looking well past his prime. Why? Why? What was he ever? Was he involved in wrestling? Was he wrestling currently? No. And the the only connection was okay, Road Dog, because I think there was some kind of association with Road Dog, but like that was like so far removed. Um, I I think uh, Honky Tonk Man might have been his manager when he became Rockabilly. Like it's kind of fuzzy for me because those mid '90s like times were. You know, I, I wasn't paying attention, but, but honky like, talk. He was never even like, why, you know, and I didn't even like him in his prime, Steve. I, I did not care for him in his prime when he had the belt, but this is the thing that, you know, WWF slash E likes to do. They like to call back to an old school guy just to get that pop. And, you know, this is 98, you know, he was known in the 80s. So it, it, at the time, I guess it felt good to see him like an old school guy come in. Let's whoop the shit out of an old man while we can. Let's do it. You know, but he, he's here, Steve. Honky Tonk. He's a honky tonk man. He's a honky tonk man. He doesn't even have a guitar, flabby. Steve. He's just, he's got a, he's got a singlet that's ill-fitting. Uh, a pompadour that just looks crazy as fuck. I mean, he looks like a guy you don't want to run into in an alley at a truck stop of some kind, but yeah. What, out of, out of fear? Shit. Man, I'm like, well, he's going to throw something in a drink, Steve. This guy's, oh. he's got ill intentions, you know? Oh, if you're saying that, like, I thought you were saying that out of fear. Like, <laughs> I'll slap the fuck out of Honky Tonk Man. But he, he's in here, he lasts like 20 minutes. And, but like, I'm more interested in what happened as he's coming out. Triple H and China are right behind him. Hmm. I wonder why. That's weird. I wonder why. Yeah. Uh, because... While that's happening, The Rock, he eliminates Ken Shamrock. So, like, he got screwed by The Rock twice in one night. I love that. You know, and then so Owen, he's at ringside and he's having a shouting match with Triple H in China. And, of course, Triple H, he's playing his tiny Tim shit with his crutches. Like, oh, I'm I'm hindered. I'm old. I can't can't walk. So, like, China, she throws the fucking one of the crutches at him. He catches it. So, while that happens, Triple H comes and fucking hits him with the second one and it takes it takes a team they both eliminate him despite not even being in the fucking match they have I mean it's Triple H and China see they gotta do something they gotta affect the Royal Rumble in some way and you know it's DX Steve I am not a nugget speaking of which and after that happens Ahmed Johnson comes out 
tight booty jean shorts and all with the do-rag and you know I I, I kind of feel bad for dude in a way watching these shoot interviews because the nation domination collectively I don't know what the rock's opinion is they don't like him they tell you too they they bitch him out as much as possible I don't know I mean I know he has a bad attitude I think that was one of the things that people said uh but yeah they he doesn't get treated nice Steve they definitely don't treat Ahmed Johnson with a lot of respect but he does keep his booty cheeks in his shorts and I respect that's nice again we're getting that he figured that did he I think so I didn't know I don't have a note here that his ass popped out Usually we try to notate that. Yeah, there was one clip that kind of snuck up on me, man. But like shortly after he comes out, Mark Henry, he's the next guy. And this lets me know that maybe Vince doesn't like him either because, you know, the nation, they don't fuck with him. It's just like, let's book him right after another nation guy or before another nation guy. Uh, But the, the person who comes out after that is supposed to be Skull. But Skull was the guy who got ambushed by Los Barriquas. So, oh yeah, okay. Now I do remember that. Yep. So that's because then King's like, well, that had to be Stone Cold. They must have gotten his ass. He ain't coming. <laughs> his mind is made up. Yeah, yeah. He really not not only do the wrestlers have it in for Stone Cold, like even from the commentary booth, playing his heel role, it's like, oh, he's a spineless coward. He's not gonna show up. <laughs> <laughs> and but I mean, dude. When does, I mean, keep going. Who's the next guy? Well, Ahmed, he's eliminated by D'Lo and Mark Henry because the nation don't fuck with him. And Phineas, he's eliminated by Mark Henry, uh, who who then, like, as Phineas is eliminated, he kicks a referee in the head, giving him an actual concussion. I don't like because they replayed that. (laughs) Yeah, they replayed that when when Mark Henry eliminated dude, that he kicks the guy in the back of the head. You know how the refs are outside of the ring, man. But up next, is Kama Mustafa. And as Kama Mustafa comes out, he pushes the fuck out of Ahmed. That's that's when I really oh, felt bad. Yeah, dude. Because, I, that's what I clocked. I have that right here, dude. That's hilarious. Because like, like you, you've seen some of the interviews where they talk about Ahmed, right? Yeah. And, and like knowing that and watching that, it's like, damn, they basically put two Nation of Domination guys after you and this guy, he's who's big as fuck. You don't want them problems with with Kama slash Godfather slash Papa Shango, and because he, he's a big motherfucker, and he just Ahmed doesn't even respond. And I like the reason I felt bad is because he knew he was outnumbered. It's like I'm a big motherfucker too, but like if I wanted to have that kind of energy, I would be facing four, five other big motherfuckers. Like, and they don't like me. Yeah, right. I gotta, they're gonna come back here eventually i'm gonna have to get my ass kicked but it, what a funny way to bitch somebody out fuck out. <laughs> I can't just you, he already got eliminated the fuck out i'm eliminating you even more bitch you get your get off get off the ramp motherfucker before you walk back that's that's so cold bro oh, damn i'm so hilarious <laughs> A, he's he's still with us, but damn, I out of sympathy because I have a good heart. You do, man. I mean, Ahmed Johnson, we're hard on you too, but that sucks. I've been bitched I, out in my life, but damn, that's uh, on live TV. That's tough. But I'm also a fan of everybody from the nation. Um, <laughs> so there's that, and you know, he lasts about you know 14 minutes. Uh, Stone Cold is the next guy. 
And, you know, all eyes are on him like Tupac Shakur, goddammit. And everyone's waiting for the rattlesnake. They're looking at the ramp. They're looking sideways, diagonal ways. And, you know, he's he's playing 4D chess. He comes from the aisle, from behind everybody. And he's just laying in the motherfuckers. He throws out Mark Merrill with his punches. Oh, you're supposed to be a boxer? Okay, Mark Merrill, marvelous Bam. motherfucker. Wow, send your ass back to your wife on the ringside. He throws out eight ball. Get the fuck out of here, you old uh, wish.com like wannabe stalker. <laughs> yeah, that's why they jumped your boy. They thought he was me. Shit, y'all can never. Shit, y'all can never. Take off that leather jacket too, motherfucker, without the sleeves. I mean, I just love how when they hear his music, it's not just like, you know, this is a Royal Rumble. You got to beat everybody, but everyone in the ring is waiting for him to come in like, we're all going to whoop his ass. And he does. He whoops everyone's ass in the ring. He doesn't kill, kick everyone out, but he literally waylays everybody. And he's he, you can't stop this dude, Steve. It's a Texas Rattles. two casualties. Jesus. Yeah. Two casualties within a minute. So shit. He didn't kick everybody's ass, but he caused some damage. And up next is Henry O. Godwin, the hog, who he, he's covered with this Confederate flag shit. His real name is Mark Canterbury, who's actually from DC. So <laughs> Mark Canterbury. <laughs> but you know, next is Savio Vega and all of Los Bariquas. And Savio Vega is the only one from Los Bariquas in the match. They they even got Velcro back coming out because they, they uh, want to lay in the Stone Cold. It's like there's a bounty on his head. Well, I mean, they get in there. I like, the, you know, what are the refs? Po- what is the point of it? Other than to be like, you went over the top. Like, because these guys just come in. I mean, China, Triple H, they got in the mix. We got five dudes in here for one. So, I mean, if you're in a group, throw it in. You know, everybody come out. Try to get some licks in. But this guy with the hair on his back, somebody needed to do this motherfucker a favor and get him a wax session or some lasering or something. Because it's like off-putting you know the only thing he can do is be a heel you can't have a, a body like that and be a like people aren't going to clap for you you like it's it's written in stone unless you do some like electrolysis like bro you're going to be a heel you're i mean good luck being popular because everybody that sees you is like oh my god <laughs> Ooh. you're like eugene levy <laughs> times 25 yeah, dude, you're like Robin Williams' forearms, just fucking Kate. <laughs> that's just nasty, dude. But you know, that's pretty. That's a good self-defense technique. It's like an armadillo, but just with gross hair. <laughs> Ugh, I, damn, you just slapped my wife. But uh, <laughs> Honey, I just, let's I have go. to touch you. You got some problems, yeah, man. Ugh, yeah, ugh. Yeah, yeah. Hey, bartender, close me out. Was, the, oh, I want to touch that motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, but next we got Farouk, the, the, the leader for now of the nation. And, you know, while that's happening, Stone Cold and The Rock duke it out. And I, I feel like this is important because this is a look into the future. The, these are the two guys, you know, they're going to be the faces of, of this Attitude Era. Um, you know, WrestleMania 15. I believe it was two WrestleManias in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the, the, the main event changed in between time, but I think they had another one, either 18 or 19. And like, but those were the top guys of this league, man. 
I mean, you throw Triple H and Shawn Michaels in, it's like four people that are leading, you know, the main motherfuckers leading that charge. But yeah, it is yeah. cool to see them. It is cool to see Rock, like, we've gotten to watch him, like, you know, get to this point. It is cool to see him be a fucking straight up heel, you know, being a, the, he's like an evil Elvis almost, you know, I love it. Shit talker. <laughs> It just it, it it's a better look on him, man. and he yeah. knew that he Hell like yeah. it's like that's why he was so good at it, man. It's like this goody two shoes shit, the third generations, like man, they telling me to die with all that that Jim Ross is trying to sell on my behalf. They're telling me to die. Like let me just go rogue and just be like, you know what? I'm I'm pretty as fuck. All right, like I'm about to be. I'm the best champion. I'm the best intercontinental. I'm the people's champion. All right. I, I love what that. You're I love that people hate you and you call yourself the people's champ. I love that too. It's fucking legend, bro. The Brahma Bulls, dude. Yeah, there you go. And next, up next, it's the it's the third part of this trifecta. And he comes in, man. Guns are blazing. And he eliminates Bradshaw. Thank God, because I, I do not like John Layfield Bradshaw as a person, as a character, as an industry, as a record label. Fuck him. Nah. Especially with the shoot interviews, I hear he's a piece of shit. I mean, he just seems like he says the N-word on a daily basis. So not even, like, looking around. He just says it, like, openly, you know, for sure. Which is weird, because... He was with Farouk, so I'd feel like Farouk would slap the taste out of his mouth, but still. I, he just has, like, a shitty look. Yeah, it's just the shitty aura. But we, we do see a, a early rendition of the people's elbow with, with the whole... But he does it on his on his stable mate, D'Lo. Like, him and D'Lo are going at it, like, throughout yeah. this shit. Just, despite being in the same stable, he, he does the full thing, like, going back and forth with other people in the ring. Uh, uh, it's that bitch. And it's crispy too. I forgot about a nice right. people's elbow, Steve. I love it. Especially when he the, does the even elbow. when the slow mo when he was doing the elbow pad, he even incorporated the elbow pad. I mean, damn, oh. he's a brain. He's a marketing genius, Steve. Vincent Rock, oh, man. And then uh, the next guy is Chains. Uh, this is the third uh, of the the DOA. And you know we don't give a fuck because he lasts less than five minutes. But the last person, it's time. It's beta time. And Jim Ross, going back to what we know from these shoot interviews, he refers to him as that big old stinky grizzly bear. So maybe, maybe this was known back then as like, man, if you got a match with this motherfucker, like hold your nose. Minging, just smelling like straight dog shit, but. What a, I would not want, you're tired as fucking see that guy coming down the thing? Damn. God damn it. <laughs> I want to I wanna watch again to see if anybody like, who does this when he comes back. Like, for sure. Uh, <clears throat> but it doesn't go good for Vader, Steve. I mean, he ain't going to win this shit. This ain't the Vader Royal Rumble. You know? They get some Febreze and Febreze's ass out of here. It's pretty evident. I, I think the line is is kind of skewed these days. When when if I watch Royal Rumble these days, I don't know. I, I feel like it's more up in the air. But around this time, bro, we we kind of know who's going to do it. Who's yeah. going to take it all? But Vader, he does eliminate Honky Tonk. Thank God. And I'm surprised he lasted this long. 
Stone Cold eliminates Thrasher and Kama back to back. Stone Cold also eliminated Sabio a little bit later. Goldust eliminates Vader. Uh, Henry, uh, O Godwin, the Hog, he's eliminated by Duke Love. Uh, Goldust is eliminated by Chains. Uh, Mark Henry, he's eliminated by Farouk, his own stable mate. Uh, and now I think we're down to the four with Duke Love, Stone Cold, The Rock, and Farouk. So it's basically the, the two former tag team championship uh, holders, uh, Duke Love and Stone Cold versus The Nation, The Rock, and Farouk. And they go at it, Steve. The Stone Cold, Dude Love, they've done this before. So they just get to her and start whooping that ass. And at some point, some point I think The Rock turns on Farouk and gets him out. He eliminates Farouk. Uh, of course he's going to turn on him, but the Farouk, he's actually eliminated by Dude. Is he? Okay, my bad. Yeah, he's eliminated by Dude. And, uh, well, actually, I'm... yeah. No, for I'm, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. I take that back. Farouk eliminates Duke, and The Rock eliminates Farouk. So now it's The Rock and Stone Cold. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, this is it, Steve. Like you said, this is like the fight for the future of WWE, basically. We're looking into the future, man. And you know, they're going back and forth, and eventually, uh, Stone Cold he does like a, a, a whip into. Like try, try to toss him out. The Rock comes back, uh, lands on the apron, comes back in, and Stone Cold, he, you know, doing his his six senses, he turns around like, oh, I didn't eliminate that son of a bitch. Let me turn around, give him a stutter, and he basically just like makes him all weeble minded and shit. It's like, oh, I got his ass down. Throws him out. Stone Cold faces the champ. So he gets to go against whoever the champ is at WrestleMania. It's it, Steve. Bam, bam, bam. But this, you know what's crazy about Royal Rumbles? That ain't even the main event. We got another match. So, Stone Cold, you, here's your flowers. But we got a dead man and a heartbreak kid to get to here, Steve. And there's some bad blood here that I I forgot all the build up to this. We got a lot of fucking storylines going here. Kane, Undertaker, that shit. HBK just fucking humiliating the WWE in general, just being just being the sexy boy, Steve. Sexy boy. And, and this is an ongoing thing, man. I think this all stemmed from uh Bret Hart and Undertaker having that match with, with Shawn Michaels as guest referee uh, that happened like last year or the, or the previous year. And Shawn Michaels ends up hitting Undertaker, like aiming for Bret Hart moves out of the way at the last second and like they've been going back and forth ever since man they had the first ever hell in a cell match that previous year i think there was another match in between that before we got to this royal rumble man and uh, along the way he's picked up some accomplices triple h in china always play a part in his matches yeah and this is a coffin match so you got to get a guy in the coffin and you got to close the lid completely and that's how you win this match. Crazy. Weird. And he's the Undertaker's already had a couple of these. This isn't like the first coffin match ever, but, um, you know, there's a lot of good fucking shit in here. And I do have to say that one thing I noted, uh, 
Shawn Michaels hits one of the most crazy pile drivers on the, un like the Undertaker on the steel steps. It's one of the, like, it looks great. I'm sure it's safe, but I was like, this looks, I would never agree to this. <laughs> it looks fucking crazy. And I have one question. Before you tell the tale of this match, Steve, who does an elbow drop better? Macho Man or Shawn Michaels? Macho Man. I don't know, dude. I don't know because I like I got. I, you're right. You're probably right. But there's one little like spice that Shawn Michaels adds that I didn't notice when he's doing like in the air. He does like a slow motion like Ryu thing before he hits the elbow drop. That's so sick. It's so I, sick. I, I got to go to the archives for that. But I'm for for yeah. one. You know, there, there's there's an Ohio bias because. You know, if you look at the at Macho's wiki, he, it says Columbus, Ohio. But at the same time, man, if you look at the shit that he did in the 80s and even in the early 90s, man, he was like Michael Jeffrey Jordan in the fucking air, bro. I don't think I don't think Sean had that kind of airtime. Like my my guy would get up there. But I don't know. We'll go back. I'm telling you. I'll put it in here because they show it in the yeah. replays. He does like a, he charges up like Super Saiyan midair and throws it right before. It's, it's fantastic. But think about it, Steve. Get back to me on that. Okay. Okay. I will say this though: if we're talking punches, Shawn Michaels has some of the best punches because he does this like jump step where he makes the ring shake. It's like uh, I can't do it because I'm sitting down. But he, it's like he does the. Yeah. Like I just like this shit is just like I don't know electric to me, man. But elbow drops, man. Macho, man. I got it. Okay, I'll agree to disagree. <laughs> um, but there's like I said, a lot of great moves. Um, I do like at one point because you got to get the guy in the in the uh, coffin. Michaels gets uh, Undertaker in the coffin, and it's he's he's won the match, Steve. Like I think at this point he's like Undertaker's fully knocked out for some reason, but he has to throw like a crotch chop in just to like put an exclamation on it. And as he's crotch chopping, Undertaker just gets a nice handful of nuts, and that's how he gets out of the coffin at one point. What a great moment! He's got them nuts. <laughs> Oh my god, my god, he got them nuts. He just fucking crushed his nuts. Oh my god. Um, but we get a lot of people interrupting this. Uh yeah. I think New Age Allahs and Los Bariquas both come out at, at some point, don't they? They why did, they do, man. Why did Los Bariquas come out again? What what was going on with them? Were they just being sicked on people or just had a bad <laughs> night? I don't know what was going on there. I like I, I Great question because I don't know either. I just think maybe they they needed to fill some time. I because they didn't have like maybe Vince couldn't figure out what to do with them. It's like yeah, just, just run out in the Taker's Shawn Michaels match. Yeah. Um. But something that needs to be mentioned though, like it, it's in this match that Shawn Michaels jeopardized his career um, because he runs after Taker uh, like at at the ropes that are up, like by the casket and he does like a backflip and he like just barely like grazes his back and he's in pain going into WrestleMania scene of that year. And after the one where he lost some stone 
after that, that he does like a little mini retirement. Uh, like they played it back in this match, and I it, at the time it looked like be like that catastrophic, but it was that big of a deal, man. Like it's crazy. I mean, he does so many of that. He does that so many times too. Like I feel like that was like a, one of his signature like moves where he would like flip over the turnbuckle and stuff. But yeah. uh, man, it is crazy that it does because there's nothing in this looks like. Well, I mean, they take some crazy bumps, but nothing like catastrophic, like you said. But man, that does suck. Definitely, probably put a shortening, shortened his career quite a bit. Because you can't help but think like how much of a difference he would have made. Like when they added New Age Outlaws and X Pac, like the fact that you would have those guys with Triple H in China and Shawn Michaels, but like that was the time when he sat down. Yeah. They added all those guys, so it's just like, damn. And, and dude, it's Sean, bro. You know he would have added something to the mix, man. Oh, yeah. That DX tape would have been way saucier, for sure. <laughs> I didn't sleep with that woman. I was up. Boom. Hey. Oh, <laughs> like, little. Oh, up there. Uh, and then, at some point also, you know, while Undertaker's in trouble... Uh, Kane comes out. You think Kane's like saving the day, right? Kane's like, they've made up kind of. I think it, they show Undertaker like sort of stepping up for his baby bro, you know, and they sort of make up a little bit. Uh, but Kane comes out in this and uh, he clears house. Yeah. Helps. He. It looks like he's helping the Undertaker out, but then he whoops the Undertaker's ass choke slams uh his ass into the coffin and he actually is the one that wins the match for Shawn michaels because Shawn michaels wins this match and it's because of kane so michaels just like he closes the lid it's like all right my work's done (laughs) bye i'll take this this belt thank you um and but then kane it's like well he turned on his bro paul bear comes out He's got a bunch of locks, which I don't like a guy like Paul Bear just having a bunch of padlocks on him. It's it's questionable. I don't like guys like Paul Bear in general. Like you're big as fuck, you're fluffy, you have seven chins, and like, yeah, I don't yeah, I, I wouldn't trust my wallet, my children around you. Yeah. It's, it's... And they lock they lock Undertaker into this coffin. Kane, for some reason, decides to put an axe, to take an axe to the coffin, really doing no damage for a while. It was like really a loss of time for no reason. It was kind of like stupid. But then they set the shit on fire. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sure there was a trap door or whatever. But I mean, Undertaker's dead, Steve. He's blistered up. Well, they did a great job of selling it at the time, but in hindsight, the man ended up winning like 13, 14 more WrestleManias in a row. So, you know, well, I thought we witnessed the murder at the time, Steve. I thought at, at Undertaker time, was dead, you know? At the time. This is right up there for when he locked uh, Ultimate Warrior in the casket, and I thought he had killed Ultimate Warrior on live TV. You know, they, they were good at this. But Kane, the Brotherhoods, it's still, there's something not there, Steve. I thought it was, I thought they were going to, you know, fully make up here. I forgot this storyline, but Kane, he just killed his bro. And that's how we end this pay-per-view, man. Just like take her up in flames. But we've seen this before. 1994 Royal Rumble 
they, they, they all doubled up and triple teamed up on him and put him in the casket in the Yokozuna match. And then he showed up on the screen and then they had to make another Undertaker and then he came back. And just like that, he'll come back in this one. Mark Callis will be back, you fucks. But what a great, what a great Royal Rumble. What a great, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin. The moments we get for him just bitching out Michael Cole and then bitching out every wrestler in the WWE in ring. I mean, fantastic. I got a target on my back. I don't give a damn, son. I'm the baddest motherfucker alive. And then my Iron Mike, I don't know if you caught this. They, like, Cold right Stone before- Steve Austin. <laughs> Cold Stone. I love I, I love Cold Stone. I mean, like, bro, give the motherfucker a script. Don't leave this. Don't let him freestyle, guys. He's very excited, Steve. He's a huge fan. I, and that would have been me. Maybe I would have said Cold Stone too. I, I love Mike. I love Stone Cold. Or and Cold Stone. That makes I, bomb ass thick milkshakes. Mm. But like you know, I, he's just giddy. You know, you're you're at a live. WWF at the time F yes we could say it because it's the 90s like man I was there I was at a WWF event so like I I get it man but I I, I attribute it to that man let me ask you this he was hyped for sure let me ask you out of the four staples what was your preference growing up man now we have Royal Rumble in January, uh, typically, we have WrestleMania, which was always spring. Maybe it's March or April. We have SummerSlam, which is like maybe July, maybe August in the summer. And Survivor Series, which is like always in November. What, which one were you? Uh, as a kid, I liked the Royal Rumble the most just because of the gimmick of the 30-man. Like another dude coming out, like the drama of that. Uh, but as I got older, SummerSlam became my thing, mostly because of like the... like. There's a lot of Shawn Michaels. Um, he had that ladder match with uh, Razor Ramon, I think, at so- uh, SummerSlam. Just a lot of, like, yeah. quality matches. So I think SummerSlam. And I like SummerSlam. SummerSlam. I, like, I like wearing a tank top, so. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now. But, uh, yeah, I, I would say that. But Royal Rumble, dude. I mean, the the it's one of the few gimmicky-type wrestling match things that I just like. I like it. Maybe it is stupid, but I just like the setup. I mean, I, I appreciate them all for what they do and their purpose, man. I, growing up, I was always WrestleMania because I looked at it, and, and this is it. This is what it is. It's the Super Bowl of wrestling. You know, they they do it close to that time, around that time, and they they bring out the stars to do the national anthem from Willie Nelson to Little Richard to Run DMC to Salt Peppa. You know, I mean, like, they bring out the star. They, they bring out Macaulay Culkin, uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas and shit. But throughout my life, I've appreciated Survivor Series. I just like that team dynamic where, you know, and, and I think specifically more in the early stages of Survivor Series where they stayed within those beefs, within those angles, where it's like, okay, if Rick Rude has a beef with Roddy Piper, then Rick Rude is going to be the leader of his team, and he's going to face a team led by Roddy Piper. And, like, the people on Roddy Piper's team, they'll have beefs with the people on Rick Rude's team. Like, little shit like that, you know, and they'll team up. It's like, oh, this is the... Well, we'll see who's more superior. Yeah. Survivor Series. Hell yeah. But... 
I mean, Vince knows how to throw a party, Steve. I mean, you really can do no wrong. He's the GOAT for a reason. But uh, any callbacks, honorable mentions, or takeaways, my guy? I just want to shout out to Mildred, who won that uh, Austin 316 truck. So if you can get in touch, if you're still around or somebody's related, I just want to know, did an old woman win that truck? We got to do some fact-checking, Steve. Man, Vince created her for a tax write-off. <laughs> I ain't selling that fucking thing. What about you? Man, well, 97, SNL has a musical guest Snoop Doggy Dog with David Allen Greer. And initially, I wanted to cover this because just like the Kevin Spacey episode, this shit is goaded. I mean, Snoop Dogg is the musical guest, David Allen Greer is the host. This is the one where there were three different skits of him being Maya Angelou and he's selling different products. The, uh, one of them was Butterfinger. The other one was uh, Pennzoil. The, uh, the, and the other one was Fruit Loops. The Fruit Loops is the one that got me where he's going through the different flavors. The crispy, the crunchy, the, the strawberry, the kumquat, the like, oh my, and he's doing the Maya Angelou to perfection, bro. It's it's David Allen career, so hey, like, dude. but we can't do SNL and a wrestling in the like, it would be five hours long. So, like, that that was the sacrifice I did for the Illuminati, man. But I do want to call attention to it, um, because this is also the one where uh, Tracy Morgan and uh, Mr. Half Bakes they, they're like the former porn stars. And David Allen Greer is like their fast food manager, but they just keep like trying to come on to the chicks. Like, man, this is all I know, man. I just, I, I just like, come on, man. Like, every time, come on. This, I'm gonna get a start, man. That's all I know. Like, SNL, David Allen Greer, Snoop Dogg, 97, this government. Jamie Foxx uh, airs Papa Don't Preach, and that is the one where Mary J. Blige, uh, she is a choir singer. And Mr. Big plays her dad, and he's like a pastor. Ronald Eyes, yes, and he, he doesn't want his daughter doing that secular music. But, you know, Jamie, he gets her into the groove, he, and he gets her to sing it. And uh, Ronald Isley, he walks in on him and, you know, he's like, you know what? You are good, baby. And, you know, uh, maybe you should be doing it. It's one of them kind of deals. But, yeah. I don't want you singing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but that's all I got, man. Uh, please like, share, subscribe, and comment. Uh, please tell your little sister, my love is like a fucking truck berserker. Would you like to suck my cock berserker? Please check out our guy, uh, uh, Councilman Clark, on the YouTubes, as well as Crushgasm with Kendra, as well as Food Show Fanatics with Kendra and Matt G. This is Steve G and Matt G with Happy in the 90s. Guns and butter.